And the result of that crowdfunding is this 483-page paperback book, complete with full-color images and fancy French flaps. And uh, here's what it says on the back cover. Who is QAnon? There's a revolution going on in America. And up until this point, most had no idea anything was happening at all. Unbeknownst to the general public, an insider embedded deep within the Trump administration was given a nearly impossible task. Neon, no using this awesome voiceover for your own for your own um, uh, advantage. Just calling that out now. Assemble a team of patriots, military intelligence types, who knew the real score. Bypass the media and create a parallel construction. Engage with a select group of superlative civilians so that they can spread the word. Systematically expose a worldwide death cult that has seeped into all levels of power in all countries and which has ruled for generations. And finally, dismantle this evil cabal before exposing these criminals in front of the entire world and dragging them in to finally face justice for their countless crimes against humanity. Along the way, thousands of digital soldiers volunteered their time, their energy, and their resources to advancing this cause. And as the world of QAnon spread, their ranks and exploits grew. I, Neon Revolt, feel privileged to count myself among their ranks. This is my story. This is the story of Anons and the Great Awakening. This is the story of QAnon. Mm. That's like some, you know, some Mad Max shit. Yeah, he's yeah. biting my style. I think he's listening to the show and he's biting my shit. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I think he just sort of like understands kind of like, you know, how to write dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got a good he's got good trailer, yeah. trailer voice. Yeah. So much of the book covers material that I think that uh, listeners of our show probably be familiar with. You know, it it goes over um, uh, basic claims about who Q purports to be, Pizzagate, birtherism, individual Q proofs, Angela Merkel is secretly related to Hitler, that sort of stuff. Normal stuff. Yeah, normal, normal stuff. So I'm not going to go over all of that and rehash it for beloved Patreon supporters. Uh, but what I am going to do is I'm going to zero in on one chapter that I personally found fascinating and that's chapter four and we're going to actually spend the majority of our time going over that chapter and i'm going to kind of like skim over the rest of the book and the reason is is that uh, chapter four is so fascinating is that neon talks about his life and how he became a devotee of q and that's interesting because one thing that really drives me to try and figure out QAnon is that on a certain level, I'm baffled why anyone would think that this whole grand narrative is an accurate account of the world. Like what goes on inside of a person's mind to make them actually sincerely believe that something like this is true. It's just and uh, fortunately, yeah. <laughs> Neon tells a story now. Um, I'm of the opinion that Neon Revolt is actually kind of kind of a bright person. I think he has deranged, demonstrably false beliefs, but he demonstrates in his work that he is kind of smart and creative. Now, I think there's this sort of misconception that if you are a smart person, then you'll believe true things or you'll you'll advocate for moral positions. But I just don't think that's that's true. But it leaves us with a question. So how does someone as smart as Neon get radicalized into a community and a belief system as deranged as QAnon? Well, fortunately, he lays it all out in his book in chapter four, which is entitled You Are Taking Back Control. And that chapter is 54 pages, which is about 11 percent of the entire book. So it's like a 
it's like an affirmation that he wrote for himself. Yeah. You yeah. are taking back control. Yeah, yeah. He's looking at himself in the mirror in the morning. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's basically about, uh, mostly about how little control he has over his life and what happened to him in his life. And but ty- now mm-hmm. I can post my way into feeling better. That's right. So even though I think it's the most interesting chapter of the book, Neon includes a disclaimer that almost apologizes for even including it. One disclaimer before we embark on this chapter. This is the most autobiographical chapter in the book. Many of my readers will undoubtedly be more interested in what I have to tell them about QAnon than in me, and may mistake this chapter as a mere exercise in vanity. But I realize in writing all this that I am but one lens through which to view Q. I certainly have my own biases, which the more astute readers may have already started to pick up on, and for which I do not apologize. By the end of the chapter, I hope you'll see these biases more clearly. So, in the interest of helping you better understand this particular lens, I've included this chapter, which talks about the origins of my work, how I came to cover Q, and the events leading up to all this. Now, Neon, if you, if you want to take some of that 150K and hire me to read the audiobook, I absolutely <laughs> am open and available. What the fuck? Within my no, DMs, my DMs on Twitter are Don't. open uh, at within Real minutes, Within minutes of saying you can't use this, you're trying to get him to hire you. Well, for money, apparently. You're willing to Incredible. You'll take money from uh, Travis View, who paid for this book. You'll take some of Travis's hard-earned money, which he was about to laud over you for taking, which obviously he doesn't apply the same moral standards to himself as a contributor to the campaign. Fair enough. Listen, this is the episode in which we completely morally collapse in on ourselves <laughs> in every fucking way. <laughs> Try to get hired by them, give them money. Big like, piece of whatever. a pie. Yeah, Who see? gives a shit? Yeah. I'm going to tattoo myself with the fucking word Q. This podcast is on a very good course. <laughs> I think we're, this is great. Chapter 4 opens with Neon describing a low point in his life, one day in September of 2017, which happens to be the month before the very first Q-drop appeared. He says that he felt empty, tapped out, numb inside, and unable to get out of bed. He was around 30, had been working at a grocery store for low wages for five years, and his long-distance Canadian girlfriend had just dumped him. Man, I know, I know how that is. Come on. Oh, boy. This is. He's literally the stereotype of, yeah, I've got a girlfriend. She lives in Canada. Yeah, you know what? God, I hate getting dumped by my imaginary girlfriend. No. No. <laughs> thing is, is that thing is that he included this uh-huh. in the book. I believe him because who, no, I know. Would, who would make you yeah. if you were to make up a girlfriend, it's you'd horrible. make up a real life girlfriend yeah. that you see in real life. Yeah. God. Yeah, but this is so painful. Is I feel is it depressing. rings true. Oh, I, I, I too, was completely alienated. This is the exact example of how capitalism leaves us alienated and void and empty, and then we're like, hmm. I too have feel betrayed like this, uh... by Canadian girlfriend. I I <laughs> I empathize with our friend Mr. Revolt. So as he describes it, uh, her father had stepped in to decide that Neon was unfit for his daughter. So pity. Uh, Whoa. 
Jesus, Neon. I know. This is painful, it man. Is, it Come is. Come on. You know what? I, I appreciate Neon for being so open and vulnerable in this in You this know chat. what? Yeah. I kind of do. Could've, yeah. he, could've, he could have made up talking about how he was such a badass in his 30s how, or his yeah, 20s. Yeah, yeah. Everything was going well for him and he had it had like- But this is the part of the infomercial where it's you pretend that you don't know how to pour orange juice out of a carafe or something. Right. But like, even, oh, boring it everywhere on the table. Even then, he could have made it sound like mildly Less, frustrating. Not like my not. girlfriend th- who lives a thousand miles away way in Canada dump me over Skype you know not even dump me she has such low volition that her father yeah told her to do something and she did it or she lied to me by using her father as as an excuse excuse. every part of it is uh is really sad so don't make me like neon revolt don't do this to me Travis don't make me feel compassion for him I'm I'm, I'm trying to impress upon you that a lot of this rings authentic because who would who would openly admit this you know absolutely so heartbreaking. So uh, from here, the chapter flashes back to various scenes earlier in his life that led up to this point. The earliest when he was uh, five or six years old. One day when he was upset with his mother, young Neon gave his mom the double middle finger. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what the fuck? What? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> this rules. It's what it, it looks rules. like this, Julian. Uh, oh, <laughs> god damn it, Jake. Fuck you, mom. I so. love it. Fuck you, mom. This book rules. <laughs> By his mother's furious reaction, he realized that he had done something horrible, and so he ran and hid. Here's how Neon describes it. Oh my the god. only way I can describe what happened next <laughs> was that it was like that scene <laughs> in Jurassic Park where the kids are hiding from the velociraptors in the kitchen. So well hidden was I that I could see my mother roving back and forth through the house, shouting my name like some kind of furious bloodhound who had lost the scent of its prey. Wait, so, okay, first he compares his mom to a velociraptor, then incapable of maintaining the the analogy until the end of the same paragraph, (laughs) shifts to a bloodhound. Yeah. Well, listen, on one side... This is hilarious. On the other side, it's also bad writing. Hey, win-win. Mm-hmm. On, okay. a, on another side, on a third dimensional side, he references a great movie, Jurassic Park, which shows so that he's got great taste. And who hasn't seen that scene and been like, that Velociraptor is exactly like my mom. My mom, <laughs> after, I, after I flicked her off with both yeah. swears. And who years later wouldn't write that into a book if they did think that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He's smart. You're right. <laughs> he's Travis, he's, he's, you know what? He's as smart as you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to gloss over that ownage. Uh, Eventually, <laughs> his mother caught him and then spanked him until his butt was blistered and raw. Wait. Wait. Yes? Blistered? You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 